What's happening, guys? Welcome back to the Mind of Monty podcast. It's your boy Monty G back again, breaking down the G1 Climax 33. And I'm going to go ahead and start with July 21st, 2023. Uh, I think in total this will be night five, starting it off. I believe so. Uh, So we're just going to go ahead and try to get right into the action as the G1 Climax is starting to heat up this weekend. Yoshihashi, who uh, at the moment is 2-1. and one. Uh, Well, I guess I just kind of exposed it. He wasn't 2-1 and one before this match. He was 1-1 one one, uh, coming into this one. And Tonga Loa here uh, was 1-1 one one also. His opponent is a really physical contest, I must say, uh, in the beginning uh, when it comes to uh, how they fought it out. It actually was uh, kind of intense for an opener. So you can kind of get, get the vibe that uh, Nagata was going to get a really fiery show from A and B block. And, uh, yeah, man, Yoshihashi picked up the win with easy pickings. Uh, I don't know if that's what he's going to – is that like a new finisher that he's going to start using or is this just for guys like Tongaloa? But it's really just a crucifix bomb where he dropped Tongaloa around his head and it worked out perfectly. Uh, and it was a nice way to get out of trouble because Tongaloa was firing back at the moment. It seemed like he was going to hit him. Possibly was going for uh, ape shit, but he did have him on his shoulder, kind of in the fireman's carry. Didn't quite have him ready for ape shit. So we'll see. Uh, but we, I said we'll see, but we saw how it turned out for Tongaloa Yoshihashi with a uh, very, very good victory. He has Okada next, and I must say, he actually has a chance. It's usually when he fights Okada, it's, you know, he's pretty much epidemic or, you know, we know what's going to happen. It's over. You know what I mean? We we, we know that Okada's probably going to pull that off. I know I, I talk about it all the time, how far Yoshihashi has come, but I don't really think uh, you get it unless you understand that basically his finisher, easy pickings, that's what people used to talk about him. That's, how, that's what they used to call him. He used the Japanese phrase that is – Roughly translated to easy picking. So, it's funny that uh, that's the name of that finisher, or maybe that's his new finisher. I don't know if he's going to stop using Karma. I do think it was the perfect finisher for Tongaloa, because I don't know if Yoshihashi can pick up Tongaloa for Karma. Uh, he definitely tried a couple times, but it didn't work out. But this worked out perfectly for Yoshihashi. I think he's off to a really good start. Like I said, 2-1, and one, four points. Uh, and, again, up, up against Okada. I'm not saying he's going to beat him. I'm just saying this is probably the best chance Yoshihashi has had in that battle uh, ever, honestly. So, good luck to Yoshihashi. Can't wait to see what they do. Him and Okada in Kurokin Hall should be fun. Ren Narita is versus Gabe Kidd. And I must say, I love little things. And that's what I really love about the G1. They watch each other's matches because Gabe Kidd has not even really made a full entrance yet. He's attacked everyone during their entrance, everyone he's fought. And uh, I think uh, Ren Narita was smart enough to watch his back, be ready for the attack, and kind of, you know, turn this into a straight-up fight instead of letting Gabe Kidd go crazy on the outside of the ring. And they they actually had a really competitive, nice one-on-one contest, you know, uh, you know, other than Gabe flipping off everybody, he really was playing it straight for the most part until the end. Uh, but, yeah, man, this is really, really good. You know, for a match that only went 10 minutes, it was actually pretty fun. Uh, and I think uh, Gabe Kidd took this personal. He's been calling out Shibata for a long time. He thinks Shibata is ducking him. 
And uh, I think he I love his post-match comments, too, about Ren Narita and basically saying Ren Narita won't be anything as long as he's imitating their teacher and not, you know, I, he thought excursion was all about going to find yourself and becoming who you are, you know, not coming back and imitating your teacher. So, you know, he felt like it was, it was guaranteed that he was going to beat the fake Shibata, as he calls him. Uh, but honestly, it wasn't. Ren Narita really was still in the fight. Until the referee was in, got pulled into the to the fray, Gabe Kidd does what uh, heels do, low blow, pile driver, leg trap, pile driver, and it was over. And Ren Narita loses again. Still no wins for Ren Narita. He has not. That was his first straight up loss after having two draws. But yes, tough, tough performance. You know he has two points. It's been tough on Ren Narita so far. Uh, in this tournament, and uh, man, like you said, a loss is a loss. Renderita is not making any excuses, but you know, and Gabe Kid, like I said, very confident. Uh, he's starting to grow on me. I must say, you know, not not not. I know he's not trying to. And I think that's the that's the reason why a lot of times when you're a bad guy or you're just an asshole and you don't even you're not even trying to make people like you, you find a way to get people on your side. Uh, other than that finish, you know, other than, you know, just a low blow and kind of getting out of it. And I talk about uh, another finish like that sim- similarly. But this one was much better. This one, like I said, didn't last too long. Good 10-minute match. And, you know, in the future, I think this is going to be something to watch in the future. Gabe Kidd versus Ren Narita, you know, because Gabe was actually kind of forthcoming towards the end. And he loves Ren Narita. And I think, uh, you know, it's kind of funny how he showed it. It's kind of funny how he showed it. And maybe that, maybe some of that trash talk about being a Shibata clone was, you know, to motivate Ren the Reader to actually step out on his own and be something different. Don't don't get labeled as just Shibata clone. Be Ren the Reader. So I can't wait to see what that, what that turns out to be as time goes on. Uh, next match was in the B block. It was El Phantasmo versus the Great Okam. And, uh, you know, both of these guys coming into this tournament was on. I mean, coming into this match was on too. So, someone had to pick up a win. And it was tough. It was a, a very physical contest. El Fantasmo is in that, in that space that no one wants to be in, and that is injured. The G1, I don't know how bad his injury is or his stinger to his shoulder is, but he, he, he got it in this match against Yoshihashi, and they've maintained it pretty much every match that has been giving him hell. And you can see it in this one. He definitely was having a tough time uh, in this one, even though he had some really cool moments. Like that dive, the dives he do, the dive he did on uh, over the barricade. You know, it's just like not only did he clear it with great height, it's just the impact. He's just so special as a talent. I love ELP. Great Ocon is also special, and I think he showed that here that his power and just all, basically being one step ahead, uh, you know, the nipple twist spot. No selling it. It didn't do anything to him. And then biting ELP's nipples in reply to that. <laughs> and then getting bit in the ear so he can let go. It's just a very interesting spot right in the middle of this match. But, yeah, man, it's really, really cool. Sheep killer. The, the sheep killer is what put ELP away finally. Of course it did, you know, being that it kind of wrenches on that neck area and, you know, he also, right before that, kind of did like an eliminator into a backbreaker. So, it probably was over anyway. But, yeah, man, shout out to the great Ocon finally getting his first victory. and Well-deserved. It was about time that he kind of stepped up, especially when he has Osprey next. You know, 
how that goes. It's going to be a tough match, but I'm pretty sure he's going to get all he can out of Osprey, and he's going to give all he can to Osprey. So I can't wait to see that that Empire battle. But uh, yeah, man, ELP tough man, tough. Zero and three right now. He gave an impassioned promo about uh, recently getting a call about losing his granddad. And uh, man, I, I know that's tough, especially when you're on tour and you, like you said, he has to tell people that he's doing all right, even though he's losing. So it's really, really tough. He's losing and he's hurt. So it's, it's really been it's really real tough ride. Hopefully, EOP can at least pick up a couple victories. He said he's gonna need some help to string some wins. You know, he won't even he's gonna need help winning the G one. Gonna need help winning in general. So yeah, man, someone help EOP. Uh, I'm always gonna be rooting for him. Because I, I love his style, but we have to see how things play out. Hikuleo versus Chase Owens. All right, this is the match I was talking about earlier. It was fine. You know what I mean? The match was fine. It wasn't a bad, big deal. It was basically Hikuleo chasing Chase, you know, pun intended, the entire match, you know, for the most part, while Chase used his veteran presence, his smarts. You know, he's just he just seemed very smart. Well, I'm not going to lie, Hikuleo came off as pretty dumb. At a couple moments in this match, uh, you know, he worked. I love Chase working the hand slash arm. He could lay up, being smart enough to know that he's going for that choke slam at some point. I have to do something to get out of it because if I take it, it's over. So I really like that. The finish here, I did not like. The finish was uh, basically, you know, he got rolled up the first time, if I remember right. Again, after some ref, after some, after some shenanigans, you know, uh, he got, you know, rolled up. But he kicked out. But then he get, just takes a, the C trigger, I guess, to the face and then gets rolled up again. It just seemed a very lazy way to try to find another way for Chase to pin Hikaleo and I guess kind of protect him. You know, I guess it worked in that retrospect. But, yeah, honestly, this match was not uh, – it was fine, but it wasn't my favorite at all. I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, overall, but you know, and I don't have a problem with Chase winning because again, I get it the inexperience of Hikuleo. But like I said, they made Hikuleo look pretty dumb at moments here. And I, again, I guess that's part of the growing process. So I guess I can understand. I can I can let it slide. But it, I really I'm glad I did not have that opening podcast previewing of G1 because coming into it, I gave Hikuleo a good chance of uh you know being dominant and. <laughs> He's done the opposite. You know, experience really matters in New Japan. I think that's the lesson you really get in A Block. And uh, back to B Block, you know, here we go. One of my favorite matches of the night, if not the match of the night. It's definitely right next to the match of the night to me. Will Ospreay versus Kenta. Very, very physical contest. Kenta beat the hell out of Will Ospreay. I'm just going to be real. He was beating the mess out of him. It was uh, not even a contest, really, for a lot of Will. Will would do his thing, reverse a couple of things, but Kenta was always one step ahead. It's kind of amazing that how this match actually ended up playing out. Kenta, of course, eventually after beating, and I mean like beating the hell out of him. I mean like Noah Kenta came out, like very physical. He was on top for most of the match. He had an advantage. He, of course, once the referee kind of went down, he tried to take advantage with a weapon, tried to do all he could to beat Will Ospreay. But, honestly, Ospreay was just too much. Again, you know, being who he is, making a comeback at the end, I think I've kind of become used to it. And I, I try, I'm trying my best. I try my best not to take it for granted, honestly. Same thing with, like, uh, I'll talk about Okada later. Try your best not to take it for granted how good uh, he just is all the time. But, 
yeah, man, this was really, really good stuff, man. I really enjoyed it. It was very, very strong. Honestly, the next four matches, uh, from Osprey on down, uh, you know, man, did Nagata get a really, really good show. <laughs> because, honestly, this was this was just the beginning of a really good uh, G1 card. The Stormbreaker was how he ended up finally getting it done, of course, after the Hidden Blade. And, uh, yeah, man, that was a really fun contest. I love Osprey basically kind of being a fan of Kenta, having a whole bunch of questions for Kenta uh, after the match. <laughs> uh, that he said he can just ask Kenta questions all day. So, uh, you know, it was a, definitely a respect there. But at the same time, Osprey was like, F him. Because, you know, he definitely deserved a fuck off because he definitely tried to cheat Will. But, you know. Fantastic contest. Shout out to Umino versus Kaito. An Kaito Kiyomiya. Another fantastic contest. Also, another draw <laughs> for Shout out to Umino. So, you know, I, spoiler alert, they did go for a 20 minute time limit draw. But man, was it uh, a fun 20 minutes to get there. It was very dramatic. We had long form submission holes. We had a lot of, uh, you know, New Japan staples. The crowd, oh my God. This. You know, the crowd was into Osprey and Kenta, but this really got them into it. I, I couldn't tell who they were favoring, honestly. Maybe it was, they were rooting for Shota to overcome Kaito, but honestly, it was really, really just a fantastic environment to just kind of listen and watch. It's, man, I love that noise is back for these matches because it really adds an element to the match that was missing when the pandemic was happening. But, yeah, this was a really, really good draw. I don't even know what's my out of the three draws we've seen. I don't know what's my favorite one, uh, honestly. But, you know, the fact that Kaito couldn't put Shota Umino away has to be a feather in Shota's cap, even though he couldn't win. You can kind of tell in the post-match uh, comments that Kaito was definitely a little bit more affected and offended by the fact that he could not uh, beat or, you know, beat Shota Umino. He actually said this is too close to a loss. While Shota Umino was very, very positive, saying that, you know, 10 more minutes, maybe, I, I mean, or not 10 more minutes, but 10 more seconds, maybe I would have pinned you. And he was pretty close there at the end with that last DDT reversal. But, yeah, man, it was awesome. It was a really, really good match. I would recommend, again, like I said, I would recommend the next four matches, I mean, the next two matches, too, and the match before this. But, yeah, man, this is a really entertaining time limit draw. Uh, the next match after this, again, I've kind of talked about it. I couldn't help but mention it a couple times. Kazuko Okada versus Tachi. Now, if you know anything about me, by this point, you know that Tachi has won me almost completely over at this point. I want Tachi. I wanted, really, really wanted Tachi to upset Kazuko Okada. Even though I understood it was an uphill battle and, you know, honestly, that they've kind of went on diverging paths pretty much since the beginning of their uh, run in New Japan together. Uh, but honestly, Tachi couldn't wrestle. Couldn't have wrestled a more perfect match. You know, uh, he really couldn't have wrestled a more perfect match. Like he was one step uh, ahead of Okada the entire time. You know, even at the end of the match, Okada was like, "Man, that bastard's awesome!" Like <laughs> he had to give, uh, he had to tip his cap to Tachi and what he's become. He said KOPW has definitely made him stronger. You know, and uh, I think Tachi was motioning that he would like to fight Okada again. But, you know, Tachi, Okada is not fighting for that belt. We know that. But, you know, it's more so, I think, related to a rematch. I don't think it really matters, you know, exactly if Okada wants the belt. I think it's close, more closely related to a rematch. And, you know, who knows? Maybe at some point they will go one-on-one -on -one again. It doesn't have to just be a tournament. 
Who we'll see, but I, but honestly, Okada didn't even hit the rainmaker. He didn't money clip him. It was a stack pin. He had, he really had to roll Tachi up, and in the midst of Tachi going for Black Mephisto, uh, but you know, it, honestly, Tachi did everything he could do, and Okada is just that good. I think that's kind of like what I was saying with Osprey. When you are that good, you know, I really love a match when you just show someone trying everything and then the guy still finds a way to pull it out. And it's not not in the dominant. Not I mean, it, it, like it wasn't dominant because Okada is Okada. He definitely got offense in. But really, Tachi wrestled a perfect match. It's literally the match that you would want to wrestle against a guy like Okada. And Okada still wins. Like at the end of the day, sometimes the guy is just better. And that's what you saw here. And it was a really fantastic way to get there. The main event, Sonata versus Yota Suji. Again, a rematch of a, a really fun title match that they just had. This one was uh, even, I don't know, I don't know if I say, you know what, this one was even better in my opinion as far as like the wrestling goes and the feeling of it. You know, Yota Suji came out firing and just, you know, very, very out of nowhere in the first match. And this one he was way, he was more measured. He took his time, you know what I mean? And him and Sonata really, we together a really good contest that was similar to the first one, but also at the same time different. Uh, the finish was very similar. That every time Yota Suji does that cartwheel out of the deadfall, I'm gonna pop for it. It's beautiful. Yota Suji is just beyond talented. I think that's basically what everyone should be able to see with his matches to Sonata. I think even at the end of the match, Sonata was like, you know, I hate to admit it, but I, I knew it. But you're good, and that's that's legit. Uh, what everyone who watches Yoda Suji should believe because that's what he's shown and so far and every time he's been able to be in the spotlight he has showcased just how special he truly is so I definitely have to give a shout out to uh, Yoda Suji here Sonata in his home prefecture pulling out the victory as pretty much expected because he is the champion he's on the road he got six points he's undefeated Suji's only Suji stuck at one but again, I don't think that has anything to do with what he's his output. His matches have been really, really good. He just hasn't been, you know. He's had a, also had a tough draw while I while I while I mentioned it, you know, uh, you know the draw he had obviously, and then you have Kaito before that, and then now Sonata. So you know maybe he'll pick up some victories as we continue to go. He will have to if he wants to uh, keep pace with the rest of the crew, uh, even though his. Uh, Three Musketeer buddies, you know, Kevin Kelly was making the point. Maybe the pressure is a little too high on them. We'll see how this play out. I honestly think, if anything, what I'm learning from this whole entire tournament is that, you know, you know, the future is bright, but at the same time, the future is the future. You know, uh, we're, still, we're still living in the present. We're still living now. And these guys are going to have to get that experience. They're going to have to lose some of these matches. You know, it doesn't seem like anyone is going to be like Okada, who come complete, come right in from the beginning, become champion, and, you know, basically just start off like on the, the biggest role you can possibly be on. You know, in this case, uh, I think these guys are going to have to continue to prove themselves, continue to fight out, and we'll see who ends up standing tall at the end of the block. I think that's going to be the entertaining part of it and the, the great element of it all. So, Honestly, through one night uh, of this, of this, uh, I guess through night five, you know, because we did, we definitely got a double back for C and D block, uh, which is going to be on Sunday. Uh, so I get a day off. Nice. Uh, 
but yeah, uh, I think we're going to have some very, very fantastic stuff to look forward to. And uh, A and B Block did a really good job. Like I said, a very hot show and a very strong, like, last few matches. And probably the best because the best G1 card of, you know, of the whole entire thing. I don't know why I say this because it's had legit, like, I've seen it probably four matches in total from the other cards that were great. You know, you probably could pick one or two from the other cards so far. But in this one, they had four straight matches that I think were really good to great. So, yeah, man, this is a really, really strong uh, way to kick things off for the weekend. So, to recap for uh, review purposes, uh, we're going to talk about what's next in A Block and B Block. Uh, at Curricane Hall on Tuesday, July 25th, uh, we should see Will Ospreay versus the great Ocon, they're going to have a very interesting uh, matchup there. You know, United Empire beef. It's the first match, so I don't know, man. I don't know if Ocon going to be able to make, create an upset. You know, if it was later, maybe he would have more of a chance. But who knows? They could start the night off with an upset in Kirkland Hall. We'll see what happens. Uh, can uh, Ocon upset Will, Will Ospreay? Shota Umino versus Gabe Kidd. Can Shota Umino finally pick up a victory? That's going to be interesting to see the result of Tai Chi versus Kenta. That's going to be great. Both guys are looking for, to uh, – well, Tai Chi is probably going to try to rebound from his last loss so he can keep pace with Okada and Osprey, depending on where Osprey ends up. And then same thing goes for Kenta. He's going to try to get back on uh, in, in winning ways after not being able to defeat Osprey. So, uh, yo, you have Yoda Suji wanting to get off one point. Can he beat Chase Owens? We'll be interesting to see. After that, we'll get Tonga Loa versus El Phantasmo. Uh, we'll have El Phantasmo lose again. You know, he's, he's fighting hurt. Like I said, fighting an uphill battle. And Tonga Loa definitely has the power to put him away. We will see what happens. But they're both. Both guys are kind of working through stuff. So, whose injury is going to, uh, you know, play a factor? Well, I guess we'll, figure, we'll see when the match happens. Uh, Ren Narita versus Hikuleo. That's going to be really interesting. Can Ren Narita defeat the big fella who's even though he's lost to everyone it's still a, a very a, a big size advantage when the reader needs these points and hikaleo also needs these points so it's going to be interesting to see uh kazushka okada versus yoshihashi yoshihashi said this he said this is his time to finally beat okada so can he do it can he do it at a big stage like the g1 at, at kirkin hall you know kirkin is going to be going insane because that's just what they do I love those Kirkin crowds. It's just it's a legendary place. I can't wait to see what the cards uh, feel like in that environment. And last but not least, uh, Kaito versus Kaito Kiyomiya representing Noah versus Sonata. Can he come in immediately and defeat the world champion? I know the message that that was seeing. I know if I'm like Okada or anyone, even if I lost to Sonata, I'm like, whoa, you really. I got like if I'm Okada, I beat the hell out of this kid. You know, I made Kaito look like he wasn't worthy, and you're gonna lose to him. It'd be interesting to see, man. And then again, in Kirkland Hall, in that environment, you know, it's gonna be very, very fire in that building. So that's A and B block. So we're gonna go right into what happened for C and D, and uh, to start things off, in we're going back to Nagano. Let's go back Sunday. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Alex Coughlin in a pretty good match. 
uh, really, again, uh, I think after the match, Zach Sabre Jr. definitely highlighted just how strong Alex Coughlin is and just, you know, the power and just how insurmountable it seems like. You're fighting an uphill battle when you're fighting Coughlin because he's just so damn strong, so athletic. But Zach Sabre Jr. was able to do what he always does, show off those techers, show off that technique, make him tap with an arm bar after kind of wrestling for that arm for a while, and uh, Zack Sabre Jr. remains undefeated. Uh, so, yeah, you know, he's, 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 out, he's out ahead in D-block. So I can't wait to see how that turn, how that what happens as he continues on. Uh, Tama Tonga versus Mikey Nichols. Yeah, man, Mikey was really, really good in this one, or at least really looked really strong in here because of, I guess, his size. Him and Tama had a, a pretty solid match. It wasn't the longest match, and uh, but, uh, you know, it was – a pretty competitive match to kick off things. Uh, I, I really like the spot that was the beautiful moonsault that Mikey did. Tama did try did turn into a gun stun, I guess you could say. I guess you could kind of say it was like that. You know, that's the one thing about that spot. You know, it has to be timed perfectly to look great. I don't think that one was timed as good as it probably was hoping, but it was. It still it served the purpose that it was meant to serve. And then he hit a gun stun to put him away. And uh, yeah, Mikey. Again, solid showing, but he's one win, two losses now, two points. And Tom is reverse of that, two wins, one loss, four points. He's on the rebound. He has David Finley next. I know that for a fact. Uh, I know he's going to be looking for revenge. He basically said that. He's, he's bringing that, 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 that edge back to his character, too. I think, you know, since he was trying to uh, make up for a lot of the bad things he did, when he was in the Bullet Club for a while, Tama was getting kind of, I'm not going to say bland, but he was definitely way a, a little bit too, not just apology, but he just it was just completely different. The swagger, the confidence didn't seem to be there. Now he's back to his feeling, sounding a little bit more like his old self. Will that help him against David Finley, who's a completely different monster now too? We'll, we'll see. Hiroki Goto versus Shane Hayes. This match is barely three minutes. Uh, I don't know what the hell Goto is going to be able to do through the rest of this tournament. You know, it's, it's almost a shame that he won, even though I guess they did find a, a pretty good way to make Shane lose this match with the roll-up uh, or the Goto Shiki uh, and how he kind of just took advantage of the leverage and got the win in, in two minutes, basically. But, man, uh, he's definitely dealing with something because I know – for the most part, or I would I would assume in the G1 you would want to give a better effort than what we got there, but uh, it seemed like uh, like they say he's been he's been holding those ribs. He didn't didn't do the obvious. Uh, my ribs are hurt. I'm gonna tape up so they can get attacked the entire match. He didn't do that, but he's definitely grabbing for him himself. So we have to keep an eye on how that turns out for Goto going forward. He even said after the turn, I'm in trouble. Is basically what he said. So yeah. It's going to be tough for Goto going forward. Uh, man, one of the best matches of the night, uh, Toa Hanare uh, versus Eddie Kingston. Really cool match. Um, nice strikes. You know what I'm saying? Nice, uh, just strong style wrestling. There's really no other way to put it. It was very physical, but it's just what you would expect if you know anything about these two. And it basically came down to strikes in the end when they were just, you know, throwing strikes. And I love the double knockout kind of like finish, even though it didn't it didn't get ruled as that. Eddie Kingston fell on top of Hinari after uh, getting kicked in the face. And at the same time, or a little bit right before that, he threw a spinning back fist, uh, or the back fist to the future, as he calls it. 
which, you know, laid Anari out. And it was a, a fitting way to end a very uh, physical contest, very, you know, street fighting, MMA style of match. And I think, if you, again, going with in, in tow with both of their characters, this was a really good match. And uh, it, it didn't overstay as welcome, about, about 10 minutes. It ended up being a very fun brawl, probably the best match of the night next to another match. If it's not the best match, it's definitely right next to this other match that I'll talk about in a second. Toriano versus Tetsuya Naito. Again, another another didn't overstay his welcome at all type of match. Not even, nowhere even close to 10 minutes. But, uh, you know, Naito wins with a victory roll after a series of roll-ups. The most interesting part of this match, I hate to say it, is uh, there's a couple of things I want to say. Uh, not to keep beating a dead horse about Yano, but Naito also agrees that, you know, uh, or I'm not going to say he agrees, he at least mentioned that, you know, sometimes you just wonder, is is he even worthy to be in the G1? Yano, is he's Yano's even worthy? But he does enjoy going to that Yano place, which, again, is a fun, entertaining style. I do love the comedy-style matches that Naito and Yano have because Naito plays his game. Even Yano said it at the end, he's trying to steal my beat. And that's exactly what happens. He fights Yano. He plays the game of how he can, you know, get a fast, pull a fast one on Yano the same way Yano likes to do that to others. Uh, and, it, and it works out in Naito's favors for the most part. As a matter of fact, almost every time. Uh, but, yeah, man, this was not bad at all, even if it was, you know, pretty much everyone knew what was, how it was going to most likely turn out, you know, unless Yano stole one. And, yeah, man, and that could have came back to bite Naito, so he definitely needed to win. Yano, 0-3 predictably. Maybe he'll he'll get someone. We'll see. We'll see who he, who he would even have the opportunity to get. Uh, back to C Block here. Tomohiro Ishii versus Shingo Takagi. Everyone who knows anything about these two is waiting on this one. And even though the records don't say it, these are two of the best or two of the funnest, two of the two of the most fun people to watch in New Japan, wrestle each other because they, they just go so damn hard every single time, you know, and they make it look easy, even though we know that they, they're throwing bowls and it's like a physical stuff. And I don't want to make it seem like it's something that I would want to do. It doesn't make it look easy enough for me to want to try. It just, they, they, they flow well together, really, is what I want to say there. And even though uh, it was uh, almost 20 minutes and, you know, it's still no doubt in my mind that we're going to get a finish. It's like, no way. Because, like, it's funny, coming into this, Shingo and Ishii has never had a match under 20 minutes. This is the first time that happened. They usually go much longer, but they were throwing bows, man, and just hitting each other so hard. Where it's like, there's no way. They're, they're, they're going at full speed a little bit, uh, too too soon for it to end up. Even though I've seen matches where, you know, they found a way to all, you know, so far, we've seen a, a couple of draws, even though C and D have avoided that. So, in this match, also avoided. Shingo winning with the pumping bomb. Didn't need the last of the dragon or anything. Again, it was one of those type of contests. Kind of similar to Eddie and uh, Hanare when it comes to so physical or so that a strike can end the match. And it's believable because they were knocking the, knocking the hell out of each other. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Jeff Cobb. Another really cool match. Oh, by the way, that was Shingo's first win. He's 1-2. Can't believe he's off to this type of start. Ishii's also on 3 again. Two guys that their value is not really being shown right now in their record. Again, back to Tanahashi and Jeff Cobb. If you know anything about this, uh, they kind of, they do have a history. Tanahashi kind of brought Jeff Cobb into Hantai at the beginning. 
And uh, that, you know, it seemed like, that they, you know, possibly that that could, well, well, if you let Jeff Cobb tell it, Tom Hoskins just kind of left him to dry, left him out, and just did nothing with him. Some similar thing happened to Anare, and now you see both of those guys in the United Empire. And basically on the best run of their lives, Jeff Cobb is doing way better. He makes me wonder. I don't know exactly what I did on my year-end predictions this year, but I know last year I think I predicted he would win the G1. <laughs> Or something. I wish I would have did it this year because he's on a roll this year. He has Zach next. I'm just saying we know at this point they've been feuding for a while over the TV title. And it's definitely going to play a factor in their match uh, in the G1. But right now, they're both at the top of the block. So something's got to give uh, in Kirk and Hall. We'll see how that turns out. He took Tanahashi on a tour of the islands. Although Tanahashi did wrestle a pretty good match to the point where Jeff was offering up respect. To, to the legend after this, you're saying, you know, no problems, just respect. But as a matter of fact, he doesn't he's not he didn't even really want redemption on Tanahashi, you know. But in this situation, Tanahashi definitely uh, will want to be better. And like he even mentioned, you know, he's going to try to pull a rabbit out of the head. He's going to try to pull something off. Maybe he can go five and uh, – would it be five and two? I think you can lose two matches and you'll be fine. So, yeah, five and two. But I don't necessarily know if he's going to win four matches in a row. Anything's possible, though. Anything's possible. We have to see how that goes. David Finley versus Evil. So, again, I thought coming into this match, this I even, I've kind of hyped it up on this show. I thought this match would be really, really important, at least for what we thought the next chapter of Evil and David Finley, or at least the next chapter of Bullet Club would be. But, honestly, it just ended up being a whole bunch of shenanigans. Uh, you know, it didn't even really be, it, it didn't even really become the war or whatever I was hoping it would become. I was kind of hoping either evil would, like, not necessarily change sides, like, show a little bit of edge, screw Finley maybe, and just kind of break the house of torture off and make them their own thing instead of just kind of attaching to the Bullet Club name. But David Finley ended up getting the win with Oblivion, and, uh, he also kind of mentioned that when it comes to the future of, uh, evil or, him and Bullet or the House of Torture in Bullet Club. He said, "Keep your your friends close and your enemies closer." So you can view that however you want to view it. At some point, maybe it'll come to a head legitimately, and everyone will split their split their ways, or maybe not. Maybe we'll never get it, and they just continue to kind of be a subgroup of the Bullet Club. So we'll have to see how things turn out. But David Finley did pick up the win. It was a solid match at times. Other, if you can ignore some of the interference, I'm I'm. I'm used to Western wrestling, so interferences does don't ruin the entire party for me. But it can get kind of tough when you think about. It. But again, it's like it's evil. It's House of Torture. So another thing is like, what were you expecting, right? Speaking of that, let's go into what C and D Block will be doing at Kirkland Hall on the 26th on Wednesday. We have Hanari versus Evil again. Both guys coming off a loss. If I'm Hanare, I'm asking for some backup. I just don't know who the hell would even be available at this point because everyone else has something to do. Maybe call Will because Will would have worked the night before. So, Will Free, let, get some help because Evil is going to have his help. You know that. That's guaranteed. Hiroki Goto versus Alex Coughlin. Alex Coughlin, this is a big opportunity for him to pick up some point with Goto's injury right now. We'll see how that turns out for the young fella. Mad Mikey Nichols versus Shingo Takagi. Should be a very hard, a very good hard-hitting contest. Shingo definitely still needs points, so I would like to I most likely think he would probably take that over Mikey, but we'll see. Uh Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Toriano. Again, falling for the tricks. 
Can Toriano pull one out over Tanahashi, giving uh, giving him a screw job? I think this is something that Tanahashi can use to get back on track after his loss. Uh, you know, uh, after losing to Jeff Cobb and Zack Sabre Jr., uh, uh, you know he only has one victory. I think it was over Shane, right? I think that match was against Shane. But yeah, so again, against Toriano, I I'm I'm pretty sure the Ace can pull that one out. You know, he, he should he should be ready for those tricks. But we'll see. You never know. Tomohiro Ishii versus Eddie Kingston is going to have Kirk and Hall on their feet, go, losing their bleeping minds, and I can't wait for it because they're just going to come out and beat the hell out of each other. I've seen it before. I've seen it at the, not only just the Forbidden Door pre-show a few years ago, but or, or last year. I think it would have. I think it actually ended up being last year. But, yeah. So, not only did we see it then, but multiple times now uh, we've seen, you know, whether you've watched Strong, whether you've seen him on AEW in the uh, rematch, I think they had Ishii and Eddie Kingston or just like Ishii and Shingo, which was a great match earlier, or just like Shingo and Ishii, which I just said was a great match. So it's going to be one of those things in the same vein as that. We have Shane Hayes, again, a guy who's really winning me over with his personality uh, and his work, honestly. Uh, he's Hopefully he's going to have a longer showing uh, uh, then, uh, a longer show on Wednesday than he did to, on today. So, well, yeah, against Tetsuya Naito. Uh, Shane Hayes, again, I don't know. Now, you're up against it. Of course, I'm rooting for Naito. He has to keep pace with the guys in front, but it's gonna. It should be a nice contest. And again, I think Hurricane Hall is gonna enjoy uh, because they always seem to be into basically almost anything that goes on. Man, Hurricane Hall is legendary for a reason. David Finley versus Tama Tonga again, a, a, ma- a match all about revenge. Man, these next two matches are gonna have some heat to it. As a matter of fact, all four of these matches will be should have good. Now Naito and Shane is probably the only little. Break if you want to say it is a break because you know, but after each and Eddie, you're probably going to need a break, and then you get Tom and David, which is going to have some heat to it. I know Kirk and Hall is going to probably be rooting, definitely should be rooting for Tom and Tonga to finally shut David Finley up a little bit and get some revenge back. And then you have Zach Sabre Jr. versus Jeff Cobb, like I said, feuding over that television title is what they've been doing. Can Jeff Cobb complete his redemption tour? Or will Zack Sabre Jr.'s techers continue to derail Jeff Cobb like he's done pretty much every time they fought? So, again, we have some interesting stuff coming up. So a very, very fun uh, few weeks so far into the t- – or at least one week, I guess, into the tournament. But then we have next – we have a few fun few weeks coming up into the tournament because uh, we have uh, a long road still to travel. We're not quite done yet at all with the show – with the shows, but – uh, I, I honestly cannot wait to talk about uh, this stuff. It's been uh, a hell of a good time. If you've taken the time to listen to me or you've been taking the time using me to keep up, I appreciate you uh, for taking your, your time to listen and, un- and see what I've been doing. I'm really, really new to, to, to doing a lot of this all by myself, but I think I've been doing a really good job of keeping everything, uh, you know, at least in order uh, and Try my best to keep it entertaining for you guys, you know. That's the only thing that really matters. Uh, so, yeah, I talk about those nights in Kirk and Hall, but they're going to have another show on the 27th that's right after that. So I'm probably going to record after that on, like, Friday or Saturday and then have to catch back up on Sunday, on Monday. Or, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I might wait till Monday. I could wait till Monday and just review all four of these shows all together and just have it all caught up. But it might be easier to record in sections, kind of like I did to this time, because I, I wanted everything to be fresh instead of uh, sitting around on it and losing thoughts or 
having to take a mountain of notes because it's a match every other day or so. So, anyway, bear with me, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting me and the podcast. Uh, and I hope to hear from you or allow you guys to hear from me soon because I have plenty more in the oven to cook up for you guys. I appreciate you guys listening. Adios.